This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. What's good, Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today, my guest is running for the at-large position for Bainbridge Island City Council, Dick Haugen. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Awesome, thanks for coming in. I know very little about you, so I would like to uh, get to know you and share that information with our lovely community here. Um, the one thing that I did know that you were quite the advocate for affordable housing and you wanted to get a plan. I recall you at city council a couple months ago or weeks ago talking about um, storm drain runoff and how we have not done anything with that for a long time, yet it's been a priority at times and not a priority at others and wanted to kind of know where where your viewpoints were. Um, So how did Dick come to uh, Bainbridge Island to start with? Well, we've been here for 49 years. My wife and I um, got married. We were living in Seattle, looking for a place to go. Sue just went to a wedding on the island. Sam Clark, who was an old-time real estate guy, you might remember him. Um, and uh, we sailed in here to the north end of Port Madison. And so oh, that's, that's how it all started. And actually, uh, on our first date, we uh, anchored right in front of where our house is now. And um, so we moved here, uh, bought a house here. We've uh, uh, done three houses on the island. Our, our kids uh, went through the whole school system on Bainbridge, painted, painted, painted the, uh, the roof on the pool in the old days, <laughs> got caught. Uh, and so we're long, long-time uh, Bainbridge people. They make it out of school all right? They did. One's an attorney. She's a partner with Hillis Clark. And our son's in the wine business with Preset Brands, which is uh, the largest grower in Washington State, kind of uh, middle-priced wines. And do they ever visit the island now that they've graduated and left? (laughs) Only upon invitation. But yes, of course. (laughs) One lives in Mercer Island, and the other one lives in Magnolia. No, not too far away at all. No. All right. Um, And have you been on city council before? No, I ran 10 years ago, uh, and that's how I got involved with uh, politics. Um, as you know, I go to city council meetings, and I was at the time, and one of the issues was the Shoreline Program. Management Act, yeah. Yeah, which you may know something that, about. That probably affected you being in Port Madison. It actually has never affected me uh, one way or the other, but uh, the way it was done, the way it was put together – you know, part of the uh, island politics, um, and it just didn't make sense to me. And I started digging into it and going to council meetings and asking questions and meeting people. And uh, in one of those meetings, uh, some people came up and said, you should be on city council. <laughs> I hate these meetings. Why would I want to be on city council? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a long, short story. They, uh, a bunch of people, uh, mostly past city council people, said, You'd be good at this. Uh, and they talked me into it. And uh, it was the last hour of the last day for filing. And uh, I filed, and I found it to be a stimulating intellectual exercise. You do this sort of thing, like probably most people on the island, you don't really know what the issues are. You don't know who's doing what. You don't know how the government works. And nothing like being uh, running for office and standing in front of people, and you have to explain your positions and uh, to get your thinking. So that's that's what got me into it. Yeah, and you never would know what the public's position is unless they show up. And I, I feel like, much like professional sports, you know, your best asset is your availability. Now, you going into city council and being available to give feedback on a regular basis is important. And I don't think enough people take interest uh, wholly around that. I mean, I'm, life is busy. I'm, I'm at fault as well. I thankfully have this show where I can bring on council people and talk to them directly. And, uh, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is doing a lot better job of covering 
city council and city council has now brought back the connects newsletter. So a lot more of that information is getting put out there. Yes. Now, St- St- Stefan is great. I think the, the council does. I didn't pay much attention to it until, you know, recent years and uh, he does a great job as I can tell. Yeah. He's a good reporter yep. as well. He's got a background in reporting and podcasting and doing stuff with musicians, I believe. Oh, um, what's the difference between the council in 2013 and the council presently? <laughs> I never thought about that. Um, and, uh, in some ways, not much, uh, the same sort of people tend to run for office. Um, they, uh, you know, friends of friends and keeping the mantra, uh, going, uh, different people, um, my opponent was on city council back then. She's had eight years on council with a gap in between. Mm-hmm. So um, she's the only one uh, that you know, was here at that time. But um, what's the difference? Um, I have to think about that for a bit. Not a lot. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a, not a dramatic change in the, the composure or the people involved or how they got there or who elected them. Okay, let me kind of rephrase that another way. In, two thir- in 2013, you were prompted to run. And then for 10 years, you were not prompted to run. And now there's only one race available to somebody that um, has already been on council recently and, and uh, I believe is doing a good job. What made you decide now is another time to do that cycle and, and try again to run for city council? My wife. She came to me one day. You got to get out of the house? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, she said, Dick, you spend so much time on this, working on things. Uh-huh. Why don't you run for city council? And I said, oh, Sue, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. And then I started thinking about it. I said, you know, um, it would, uh, I know more about what's going on. I've got a, a different perspective. And it would give me a platform to talk about some of the things that, uh, I think need to be talked about. So, my wife. (laughs) All right, well, let's start there. You seem to be um, very interested in the stormwater. What would be your solution for that? Well, we have a comprehensive plan. Do we? We do. As of when? <laughs> well, it was at least uh, 2016, I think, is the last time it was. No, not, that was re, uh, there was a revision. It's about 10 years old. 2013, I think. Yeah, I, I thought the comp yeah. plan was a little late and due right now, or is it uh, done? So well, of course, it's late. But, uh, yeah, so it's sort of 10 years old. There's a review. And I think, actually, next week there's a, a, a kickoff meeting. And if you have the time to talk about um, – the way some of that goes down, I, w- I would like to. But anyway. Yeah, I do. I mean, we got a week to uh, get it sorted, I guess, you know, and um, a week. We've had 10 years and <laughs> some extensions. But uh, if you're a public citizen and you have a, a concern, you know, you, last chance, last call to uh, make an influence for the next 10 years on the comprehensive plan. Well, the uh, the stormwater runoff issue, um, it's an interesting point you make because, uh, again, 10 years ago when I was running for city council, Dick, what are your issues? And I look in the mirror and say, what are the issues? And then, you know, people would talk to me um, and the environment. Again, my start with all this was with the shoreline plan, ostensibly to protect the environment. And I got hung up on that. I said, okay, so the shoreline is like 96% built. Why do we want all these restrictions on the shoreline? It was 40 pages. Now it's 400 pages of lots of rules and regulations. It never made any sense to me. And one of the small pieces that came out of that was stormwater runoff as related to the environment. So if you're for environmental protections, raise your hand. Well, I just raised my hand. Everybody else on the planet would do that. Well, not everybody on the planet, but pretty much everybody here on Cambridge well, Island. Yeah, yeah, right. And so uh, you start looking at what all that means. Um, and at that particular time, I was not aware of the comp plan and what it meant. You know, that came afterwards. But I said, okay, so um, 
And one of my close friends is what you'd call an extreme environmentalist. He likes salmon. He'll go back to the East Coast for a salmon dinner on saving the salmon and catch and release and all that sort of thing. He composts everything. Um, And he's the one who said, you know, water is a real issue. And I started thinking about what he said. And with stormwater, um, it... uh, uh, it rains, and whatever's on the surface, like Highway 305 is a good example. Uh, Madison Avenue is another good example. Um, all that stuff, brake dust, oil, and everything goes into the 51 streams on the island. Um, in the case of Madison Avenue, um, down by the pub, which I'm sure you know, when it rains, it's like a slough going down there. And Winslow, tomorrow, they put these catch basins in the city, which took up parking, and they look kind of cute and all that, and according to the state, it doesn't really do any good. But the stormwater runoff uh, was an issue. And I found out 10 years ago, as I did, and I maybe mentioned that council meeting, uh, it varies from year to year, but there's about a million-dollar budget to look at stormwater runoff. And if you pull out the budget... Uh, and take a look at how money is allocated to it, nothing goes into capital projects. It goes, I think the last time I looked, which is fairly recently, maybe $40,000 out of a million round numbers went into capital projects. Okay, so if we know that like Madison Avenue, it's like a slough coming down there, and you could put in some sort of catch basin down by the pub and tend to filter it out like they do in, in, this, in, in Winslow Way and other places, uh, why haven't they done it? And <clears throat> going back to when I was on, when I ran for city council before, one of the people that came forward is Bill Knobloch. I don't remember if you remember that, that old guy. Uh, he was on council for a long time. He moved uh, off the island some time ago. And um, he, uh, he was uh, on my kitchen cabinet um, and he started talking about the swim fund, you know, the stormwater fund and the million dollars being a slush fund for where staff allocated their time when they didn't know where else to put it. And today, if you go look at how things are allocated, you probably have to do a public record to see the detail of it, but not a big deal. Um, there is no rhyme or reason to people allocating to that fund. And moreover, nothing gets done. It's on the comp plan. If you look at the comp plan, um, on water management, there's stormwater, there's drinking water, and I think there's five different kinds of water. Aquifers. Yeah. yeah. And um, they have uh, 64 priorities on water. And they have a couple of really high priorities. Sorry about that. A couple of really high priority um, uh, uh, items, one of which basically says, let's do what we can to not let any nasty water go back into Puget Sound. Sounds like a good idea, right? Absolutely. Ask me what they've done. <laughs> I can tell you nothing. And um, so why would it be the comp plan, which is presented as the Bible, this is what we're going to do, um, and if you add up all eight elements of the comp plan and all their priorities, you can't possibly get them all done. I mean, that's one of my things about prioritization of things. Let's pick a few and get it done. Uh, they don't. And this is one clear example of uh, everybody wants to protect the environment. We have the money to do it. Um, we apparently don't have the intellectual capability to do it. It just sits there. And I believe is a slush fund for people to charge time to and they don't know what else to charge to. Have you talked directly to the city manager at all? Oh, of course I have. Which one? <laughs> Start. Starting the, back with Kathy Cook, yep. And the current city manager? Um, I don't. Only in council meetings. Uh, I've talked to Blair on um, mostly about the police station and a little bit about the shoreline, you know, per se, but not uh, not stormwater runoff. All right, let's get back to the police station in a minute. But um, what device or build-out would you see working for Bainbridge Island? I can think of two things to do, um, both on on the same topic. And one of the council meetings fairly recently, I reposted a video I got from the University of Washington uh, probably 10 years ago about they took a 55-barrel of water and stormwater coming off the streets of Seattle. 
they threw a couple of salmon in it, and I watched them uh, struggle for minutes, and then they died. And so the idea that the pollution from the street is, eh, it doesn't make a difference or not. It really does. The ocean's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, right. It's like the effluent uh, seven times going into Eagle Harbor. If you and I did that, we'd be in jail. The city's done it I think it's nine times. Um, but uh, What's that? Don't you remember the, uh, the uh, in Eagle Harbor, the stormwater drain broke, and I forget how many hundreds of thousands of effluent went right into Eagle Harbor? Yes. And they didn't fix it. It's iron pipe. It keeps on breaking. And, uh, yeah, so I gotcha. th- it might be fixed now, but I don't know. Yeah, this, the, yeah I'm not going to get into that. Yep. So back to your question. Too much question. of the weeds. <laughs> Sorry. Back to your question about what to do with uh, stormwater. Um, you know, I'm not the expert on this, but uh, one of uh, the people on the island who is is Howard Block. Do you know Howard Block? I do not. Uh, Bay Hay and Feed Guy. He started oh, yeah, yeah, I know Howard. Howard and Cian, right. Wonderful people. Howard uh, is a thinker, um, and uh, he's big into rain gardens. If you go back by Bay Hay, he'll take you into his rain garden. He is just... But isn't that illegal in Bainbridge Island to collect uh, rainwater? Not collecting it, the way you distribute it into the land. It comes off of his gutters, and rather than go rolling down the street... He's got a whole field in the back of his house that filters out the rainwater with the right, uh, right kind of grasses that, that absorb it. You know, you, you get the idea. Yeah. Okay. Storm drain uh, plant management. Yeah. Yeah. So um, knowing this about Howard, I said, hey, Howard, I, uh, help me out here. If we wanted to fix um, Stormwater runoff in Bainbridge Island. I talked about Madison Avenue, and I talked about 305, Highway 305. What could we do? And I said, I have an idea. And uh, things are, you're the rain, uh, the rain garden expert. Would you help me think through this? And he said, sure. So um, I said, so what if we started a high school project on 305? You got all those ditches on the side. And the kids are young adults, are... are interested in the environment, let's put a group together and make a long rain garden along 305, we'll call it project number one, uh, the high school. And we will uh, measure the effluent before and after, which you can do scientifically, and see if we can make a difference in, excuse me, stormwater runoff that goes back into Puget Sound. So, yeah, we can do that. And uh, so that's when he showed me about his rain gardens and how it worked and all that sort of thing. Especially near the, near the new uh, culvert. You know, we should definitely put it up there. And $50 yeah. million dollars on that thing. I didn't know what the number was, but yeah. So, uh, and this is not a new idea of this afternoon. Um, you know Leslie Schneider? Yes. Who uh, I think is a, is a great person. And uh, when she was first elected, and I was a proponent of her being elected, I thought we needed a new mayor. Um, I took this idea to her, and she said, that's a great idea. I could be part of this. We'd go to the high school, and she was on council, and I was not, and, and uh, that sort of thing. Well, it's never gone anywhere, but it's still mm-hmm. an idea. And it would complement the STO trail, you know, on the other side and the scenic byway. I, I guess the, the lease or the term of the scenic byway, although it's a state-sanctioned thing, scenic byway there on 305, I believe that's coming up for either renewal or ability to develop it now. So our scenic byway might be gone. So it would it would suck to put all that energy in there and then have it paved over with the STO trail extension or the scenic highway coming down and now development happens on 305. Yeah, and 305 is is um, is long. And again, this is a Howard thing. Uh, he knows a lot more about this than I do. But it, it doesn't have to be a big square pond. It could be a long, narrow pond with right kind of grass is planted and you mm-hmm. could do it in two sides of the highway grass a and grass b which is more effective I, yeah, anyway i thought it would be a interesting community project you wouldn't have to hire anybody you could use high school kids to do it it's digging planting community service hours for the kids for graduation too Me? yeah i didn't think about that mm-hmm. um what's another idea well um at, at the at, at 
that wouldn't work at the end of Madison Avenue, which is like Seattle when the stormwater comes off. Um, I had uh, I got fairly involved again ten years ago with the state, and there's one guy at the state. I don't know if he's still there. That's responsible for all these catch basins all over everywhere, and, and what they do. And he said, "Well, they don't work. There, there is a developmental project right down close to the ferry. Um, uh, uh, I don't know how many units are there. Not many, a handful. What road?" And, Right, 305 and uh, Winslow Way. They're in the, set back in the woods right next to the trail. There's some relatively new uh, apartments, condos. Okay, yeah. I yeah. know what you're talking. So you drive by, there was this huge concrete um, catch basin. Obviously, it was not a sewer thing. It was a catch basin. So I c- called a guy, and I said, what's that all about? All the state makes me put it in there, which got me thinking about the state. okay. So it's kind of like the Howard thing where it catches all this water and it, you know, it does something with it. So I called the guy at the state. I can't remember his name. And I said, so um, is this a good idea? He said, no, I don't really work, but it's a regulation. We have to do it. <laughs> God, here we go. So um, this is one of the things if it, where people coming together could make a difference. Figure out what would really work. And if what would really work at the end of Madison Avenue is have a big concrete catch basin with plants or special eels, I don't know what, to catch the effluent and uh, or the solids and all that, keeping it going into Puget Sound, I don't think it would be hard to do. But we just sit here with an annual budget, or again, around a million well, bucks and do nothing. The big problem is we cite all these problems and then we talk about them, but... We rarely say, this is the problem, and I'm also bringing the solution with my complaint, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a, a huge thing that hasn't been tackled in 10 years. We know what doesn't work, what possibly could work, but to have people take action, it either falls on a consult for that $40,000 from the slush fund that you think of, and then another consult, or... We make a capital plan, and we get after it. We say, this has been proven to work in XYZ. This is affordable for our um, little city here, and it's also comparable to uh, another small island's storm water or whatever. You know, what is Vashon doing? What is, what is Woodby Island doing, these other islands and such? What does Greenwich, Connecticut do? You know, reach out to people and f- find there are people on the island that know about this sort of stuff. See if you can find them or elsewhere. And I'm sure there's a college professor professing on this stuff. That would be a good point. start. Yeah, right. Right. All right. The easier thing to fix, which is on your bucket list of council ideas, is affordable housing. That's simple. Um, <laughs> tell me what – a lot of people throw that out, like we need affordable housing. But what does that mean? What does it look like to you? Well, both you and I just rolled our eyeballs on, on, on that one because it's a naughty subject. It's sort of like, are you for the environment? Yeah. Are you for recycling? <laughs> yeah. Are you for affordable housing? Yeah. Um, how do I do this succinctly? Um, Brenda, our mayor, had an interesting upbringing. Shout and, out to Brenda. Sorry? I said shout out to Brenda. Yeah, shout out to Brenda. Uh, she's great. Uh, she overcame a lot of difficulties um, in her life, and uh, you know she wrote a book, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, uh, and here and here she is on, uh, on, on, on Bainbridge Island. So uh, there was a meeting not too long ago about affordable housing, and uh, Brenda said, "Well, if affordable's in the name, I'm for it." I said, Brenda, this is not at the meeting. So Brenda. I said, here's the problem I have with it. I don't have a problem with affordable housing and the concept. Um, But what does it mean? Who's it for? How do we do it? How do we regulate it? Who manages it? And it should not be the city. Um, And and so on. And and is there a target? Sorry to interject, but sometimes council will just make a vote because it's needed so bad. Like... uh, Let's say sidewalks and ADA um, access or c- connectivity in the trail system or affordable housing. It's, those are all good things, right? Yep. So it's a good thing. So my hand goes up for it. 
But what if it's a, a good thing that is brought to us in a, in a difficult or an unmanageable way that winds up hurting us more than anything? Like, how do we maintain this? How do we afford this? Um, who are we really putting this out for? Yeah. May I expand on that a little bit? Please. Okay. So um, uh, Brenda is a supporter. And uh, when I was talking to her, I said, Brenda, what do you think some of the most important issues are? And, of course, on her list, probably because of background and other things, was affordable housing. So I didn't know too much about it. This was, I, you know, I got the concept, but I hadn't really done a deep dive. You need to listen to the Bystander Podcast on affordable housing. <laughs> I probably do. Yeah, so, yeah, I got deep in the weeds. You know, I, I'm for affordable housing, but under certain zoning ideas, you know, not, I think we need to densify incorporated Winslow, not have random zones that say, hey, yeah, we can build it here, build it there. Yeah, I want to get back to where I was, but on, to, to pile on that point. Yeah, um, pile on me. I didn't get enough hate mail that those oh, episodes. No. I'm, um, I, I do have opinions on things, but I think as a huge part of my bid for the election is listening to the people. And uh, I don't think we do that. I, I think we end up, we, meaning city council, ends up talking to their friends and buddies and colleagues about, you know, what to do. Other professionals, yeah. Yeah, and, and they, or maybe, uh, but it's selective. And so you end up uh, doing what you do. I think we have an obligation on major topics like the police station, like the SMP, like affordable housing to really Tell get, everybody what SMP means. Oh, uh, Shoreline uh, Management Plan. Thanks. It, Separate issue. Clarence has me uh, not talking in acronyms any longer. <laughs> Clarence. Okay. Uh, the um, uh, so anyway, the uh, where I was going with all this, I didn't understand uh, in depth what was going on. So I said, "Where do I go?" So I went to HRB and talked to Phaedra, who had met once or Housing twice. Resources Bainbridge. <laughs> HRB. <laughs> Thank you. You can keep on doing that because I'll forget. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We, we all of a sudden we tune out when we're we're listening to somebody that uses yeah. a bunch of acronyms. Like I don't know what he's talking about. So I'll, I'll try hard. I was so, all in jest. So if I do it wrong again, tug your ear and I'll I'll try to okay. do it. All right. So um, I called up Phaedra and uh, started digging into the HRB uh, and what was going on. I said, look. Um, would you jump in a car with me? I'd like to look at every affordable unit we have on Bainbridge Island because I think she probably has the best business model of anybody around. Um, and but I didn't I didn't know what else was available. What makes you say that? Uh, well, there isn't another one. <laughs> and uh, she uh, she's organized and has structure in place. And uh, maybe there's something better, which I have some ideas on. But um, so anyway, I started with her. So I looked at every affordable unit we have in Bainbridge Island, and I actually range from pretty cool to pretty yeah. dumpy. And there's some cool cottages. There sure. are some, some with views and all that sort of yep. thing. Yep. And so that gave me an idea. And then there's wintergreen. It's ten feet wide and thirty feet long, on concrete. Well, if you follow some of the people that uh, you know, talking about where people ought to live, they don't want them living on the shoreline. It all should be public property. They want you downtown and small apartments. That's that's what a group of people on the island want. So anyway, um, that got me thinking. It was a benchmark. When you don't know particularly what's going on, you talk to somebody that's more knowledgeable than you, and that gives you a framework, mm -hmm. kind of a stake in the ground to start thinking about things. So that's what I do with the Phaedra, and she's, she is dedicated. Whether she's the perfect person or not, I don't know, uh, but she is dedicated. She is really dedicated, and she is, is knowledgeable. So um, that led me to uh, talking to affordable housing to lots of different people. And one person said, well, if you talk to Habitat for Humanity, and I said, no. I thought that's where you just took old appliances and things. They said, oh, no, 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 no. In Jefferson County, they build things all over the place. You ought to talk to them. So I did. I called up the head of, I um, uh, can't remember her name, in Kitsap, uh, Bremerton area, Habitat. And for some reason, they don't do things in Kitsap County. They do things all over the country. And they have teams of volunteers that will come in and, and, and build stuff mm -hmm. like we're looking for, affordable housing. 
And um, so that's an alternative that, uh, that could get looked at. Um, uh, and there's, but the, I'm trying to remember the point I was trying to make. Okay, so talking about what we really need, I said, and we, Inslee, Governor Inslee has come out with this edict. We need what uh, 1,900 affordable units in Bainbridge in 20 years, something like that. Yeah. And so uh, you divide the number of years, but we still don't know what affordable housing really means. I don't. And, you know, what to, what to do about it. So, again, with Phaedra, I said, so, how many affordable units do we need? And she says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, in planning anything like this, there needs to be a target, I think. You know, who's it for and all that? How many do we really need? And she said, like, you mean what's our waiting list? And I said, what waiting list are you talking about? And she said, well, people, it's kind of the go-to place. You come to the island, you need housing. You're a senior being forced out of your house. You're on Social Security, whatever. And you're aware of HRB. Oh, sorry, housing. <laughs> well, we've said it now. You can use that. Oh, I can use it. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, and she said, well, we, our waiting list is about 300 long. And I said, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you're probably more knowledgeable than anybody I know in Bainbridge Island about affordable housing. If we had 300 more units, that would solve the wait list and solve the problem? And she said, well, no, it's not really that many because people come and go, probably half that. I said, wait. So if we had... I know where you can get better records. Huh? I know where you can get better records. Okay. Helpline. Oh, yeah, I love Helpline, yeah. Uh, Yeah, they they know how many people are in housing distress. Yeah, and uh, I'm one of these people that... Fills up a grocery cart and goes down there and just you know dumps it off every now and then. I you know I, I know what helpline is. So anyway, so uh, maybe this is wrong. This is the beauty about like you and I talking. Mm-hmm. A better resource. So maybe it's not three hundred. Maybe it's three thousand. I don't know. But I do know right now there is no target for how many need we need when to to get this done. And I think from a business perspective, which is why I think I'm different. Um, well, didn't Jay? Put a target in 1,900 in, in 20, 20 years? 20 years, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there is a target goal by someone out there. Yeah, but that's an undefined target of, you know, what kind, where, how many, dense, mm-hmm. the wintergreen type, uh, housing types, the, uh, who's it for. Um, here's a little sidebar. It's, uh, it's an HRB thing, uh, again. Um, but... Uh, I said, well, I don't, and and they talk about like 30% of your income and those kind of numbers. And I said, that means nothing to me. And I said, I don't know if everybody else picks up on it and can immediately translate to what's that mean. Does that mean, are we talking about firemen? Are we talking about policemen? Are we talking about teachers? I hear about teachers. And she said, well, no, teachers make too much money. She said, maybe early teachers. And I said, okay. So in our audience, if we, yeah, who's our audience? Who's our audience? If we really wanted to find this so people could understand in a New York second what we're talking about, early teachers might be on the list, but not teachers' teachers. And she said, well, yeah. And again, back to it's not a criticism. It's just that figure out who it's for. The targets. Yeah. That people understand how many do we need um, and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, I believe – Last couple of weeks, they were talking about a project in the South End in Linwood. Did you hear about that? No. Okay. I'm not going to go on minimal facts, so. but I had heard that they were put some proposal was some units were going to go in there for, for 2500 a month, and they were 400 square feet. So some thought that was great. Some thought it balked at that. May I, may I add one more, more little tidbit? Yeah. I got involved uh, uh, some years ago in Seattle with, uh, I wasn't calling it affordable housing, but there's a huge demand for people who want temporarily really small, inexpensive units. And in Seattle, uh, if it's still going, it's called the Podmits. You ever hear of that? Yes. Okay. And so I was talking to some of the people who built these things, and I couldn't get it through my thick head how you could build these big apartments in Seattle with no parking. Mm-hmm. Because typically in a building, you get like a stall and a half per unit kind of thing. Right. And they'd have 
dozens of units and four parking stalls. And they said, well, the way the city code works is you've got to have uh, X parking spots per, per kitchen. So what we do is we put our kitchen on the floor. It's like going to the college dorm, a community kitchen, and then a lot of uh, apartments along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No cooking facilities into it. Cooperative kitchen. But it worked. Those things filled up. Uh, they were uh, not spectacular. The tables were like what you have over there in the corner, you know, plastic tables and, and whoa, that sort whoa, of thing. Whoa, 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 don't give them any secrets out. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's a high-quality wood engraved table. What about this table? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and but, you got the Murphy beds and things fold up. And so I the, kind of thought the Grow Project was going to be similar to that, but it, it's not so much like that. No. I, Nor is it affordable. <laughs> Nor are there a lot of parkings also a problem. So, yeah. Yeah, so. But in Seattle, it's different because you have community transit. You got the line bikes. You got, you got the rail system. You got the bus. The meth bus, you can hop on. And <laughs> if, if we have time, if you want a creative solution, ask me about affordable transportation. But go ahead. Um, let's get on let's get to uh, the police station. Are you interested in selling the property? Are you happy with the location that they moved to? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not happy about any of it. Um, I thought that uh, uh, it's going to take a teeny bit of explanation. Another one of these things, when all this was in city council meetings and going down, did I pay any attention to it personally? And the answer is no. Uh, at police station, I knew it had been going on forever. I was aware that at one time there was a joint project in the police station and where Fire 21 is now, they could have gone in together. And, uh, and the, the courthouse too. And the courthouse too. And it was like a, a $7 million add-on. Nothing compared to what we did. Um, that didn't happen. And um, why it did or didn't you know, probably is not important. But um, anyway, the police station got going. The project was underway. It was a promise as a $20 million project. And um, there were issues that came forward. And this is me. I said, well, this doesn't make any sense. And so um, I didn't read it or hear about it on your uh, podcast um, or read it in the paper, I just started digging into it on my own. And so here's what I did to try to figure it out. I said, okay, I'm going to go back and look at the city council meetings and see when they made the decision. On that, that's a deep dive. It wasn't that deep. You just had to find it. And so I went back, and I think it was uh, January 2019, um, where it was the final decision, and it was a uh, city council meeting, and uh, Cole Medina was the mayor, and he said, okay, I guess there's a couple of alternatives in front of us. I hope we can make a decision tonight. And uh, there's a couple of flip charts uh, or PowerPoint presentation things and all that. And the kernel of it was... Do we build the police station at the um, uh, at, at the hospital site, or do we build it across the street a new uh, the the remodel is a twenty million dollar project across the street is a twenty eight million dollar project that was was presented, and so the choice was do you want twenty million or twenty eight million? They voted for twenty million and four to three by one you know typical one vote which is another <laughs> issue i think i think on major things going forward uh, it's all too easy to get three people together with the opma act oh open public meeting act see i did it and uh uh so it's not that tough if you got three people in cahoots behind the scenes legally to suck one more person in to think your way of thinking almost all the critical votes are four to three and yep. so a two to five vote, I think, would be a better dynamic for all that. So, anyway, it, was, it, it got passed, and, and, and that was that. So then um, I dug, started digging in on my own to say, okay, that is the decision. But it didn't really matter what happened the 15 years before. The decision presented to city council that night with flip charts and backed up by the mayor and the city manager, it was Morgan Smith at the time. This is the choice that you have. And I probably would have voted that way 
myself. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. cost thing. But you start looking at the numbers, and uh, which I did. Uh, it was not an apples to apples comparison. And to cut the long story short, uh, city council was given bad financial information. And uh, what I did to figure all that out, I talked to the go-to person of the island, uh, Anthony Gibbons, who was an appraiser, you might know him, uh, of what you know, the property is worth. I talked to the people who built Fire Station 21, the McKinsey Group, um, and the CEO now retired behind all that. And I talked to um, an island resident uh, who's retired, but the Nordstrom guy, he built Nordstrom stores all over the country. And so I thought, okay, here's three knowledgeable people um, that would know about this is a good deal or a bad deal. And uh, pulling it all together, what the financial numbers showed is if the right numbers were presented at that city council meeting, it would have been, do we want a $20 million remodel or a $12 million ground-up thing? The numbers were that far off. And not my speculation. These are people who know what they're doing, not just me. So I assembled all that, uh, and I talked to I know everybody in the city council. I talked to people individually, and it varied. Some people, ah, it's water under the dam. I said, I think this is a big deal. And, uh, oh, Dick, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, here's the people I talked to. And I, I, I put it all together in a, a financial format. I went to city council meetings. I mailed people. I uh, gave the financial information specifically to all of city council. It's on the record. And uh, when Morgan Smith left and Blair came in, he's here for two or three weeks, and it was the fresh topic, and I sat down with him. I laid the numbers on him, eyeball to eyeball, in a one-on-one meeting with him, and I said, this still could be fixed. I said, these are bad numbers. I said, the citizens of Bainbridge Island got screwed out of approximately six to $8 million. I said, it's really a bad deal. You paid $9 million for a building that was worth three. You bought you bought it as a going hospital. Uh, what it's not. You ripped it, you gutted, you pulled it out. Nobody wanted it. Swedish and everybody left. There was not a market for a going you know medical facility on the island. Um, and it uh, basically fell on deaf ears. So yeah, I thought the police station was a horrible, horrible business decision, and nobody wanted to look at it. They still don't. Well, not all. Only yeah, two people, two or three people in the city council would do it. If you don't have a majority, you can't get anything done. Well, they did go to court over it, and yep. it has been settled. So they did look into it. Um, but that's here nor there. If you, if you don't agree with it, you don't agree with it. What do you feel the city should do with the, um, excuse me, the old police station? Because um, that's a prime piece of land. I heard an interesting thought the other day that we should build a forest there <laughs> and say this is our welcome to our island with with some trails through that and that could have you know an offset of the carbon and such and and the runoff as well so it was an interesting thought and thought that I was like this is the first thought that wasn't all about the money that I had been that I had heard. What are your thoughts? Not on the forest, but no, in no, general. No. Yeah, in general. Uh, here's what I would do about that. I, I, I don't have a personal firm opinion. Even if I did, here's what I would do about that. I'd say, okay, here's uh, an issue. It's clearly visible to everybody. I would do an outreach. And I'm not talking about an outreach. Let's, t- let's have a, a town hall meeting. I'm talking about uh, reaching out in a meaningful way where you really touch a good cross-section of people and get an opinion where, where people were coming from. And um, uh, if it went so far and deemed important, maybe even do a referendum on it. Okay, here are the alternatives uh, to what to do with the property so people can chime in on it so you avoid uh, – this is a democracy. Yeah, well, the possibilities are endless in my mind. Yeah, I, I know, but let's – Put them on a table and choose one, and choose it democratically, and then live with it. Mm-hmm. Any push for it to just stay a parking lot? Parking lot? Uh, no. Maybe we can get rid of the bridge and require fewer parking places on Bainbridge Island. Yeah. It, speaking of bridge, 
the bridge off the island, does that ever, is that state ran? Is that a combination between Paulsbo and Bainbridge? And does that need um, rebuilding at any time soon? I do not really know. I, I, I know this about the bridge and, and, and bicycle paths and that sort of thing. That bridge is not good for bicycles. They're talking about a four-lane bridge yeah. and all that sort of thing. So I talked to, I guess it was Ann Blair uh, years ago about that. I said, can't we get the jackhammers out where the, you know how the raised sidewalk is in the side? Yeah. Get it all down to street level and, you know, put in bots dots or something like you do in a highway, cut down the speed limit to 25 and, you know, call it good. And she said, oh, we've looked at it every which way and you can't do that. I don't know whether that's true or not. And sort of in that same conversation, I wondered about what you're asking about is the structure of the bridge that'll last forever. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'd be I'm not going to say easy, but you could put something parallel to the bridge that's a, a bike path bridge. Could. Just separate, you know, real thin. Um, I see that you tout some of your personal guarantees and um, what you would do on city council. And one would be you'll find out what people want. Now, Dennis Miller last cycle ran under a very similar thing. He said, I want to talk to people and listen to them. And that did not go well for his campaign. What do you think would be the difference in your outreach to people and uh, getting their topics aligned with your campaign? Um, I've recently done a few surveys, and another one just about to come out about water, which we talked about earlier, uh, where um, I've got about 4,000 emails, I guess, of people who live on Bainbridge Island. And it's a cross-section. It's not just my 4,000 of my closest friends. I don't know who they are. And uh, um, Now, you got to pare down your friends. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that would be an initial step. Um, for example, one I did uh, a year ago, I guess, is talking about finances. 84% of the people think the city do, with that kind of cross-section, um, 84% of the people think the city does a bad job with money, for example. So um, if you have that perspective, bad job with money, okay, that's a, that's a pretty big number. Um, you know, how do you start approaching that problem? What do you do? And, and that sort of thing. So if it's 50-50, you know, you're kind of, it's a more difficult situation. If it's something that seems to be really obtuse, again, put smart people together in a room, preferably business people. And one of the things I'm running on is um, I think we got a lot of nice people on the council who have zero business experience. There's some people never really had a job. Uh, small businesses, attorney, you know, divorce attorney. Um, they're not used to managing people at events and, you know, being responsible for other people. Well, how can you say that when Hytopolis, the person that you're running against, has been on council for eight years? Isn't that eight years of experience doing city business? Yes, but see, I, would, I would say that doing city business is not the same thing as doing business business, where you hire, fire, have a staff, HR issues, raising money issues, how are we going to pay the bills issues, sales, marketing, and all. It's a, it's a different ballgame altogether. What's your background in that? Um, I've, uh, all that. You know, I'm retired. Uh, I've run my own businesses. I ran a Fortune 500 company uh, division. I started an advertising agency in Seattle, biggest one at the time, um, hiring and firing people the whole, whole bit. Well, I could use some help. <laughs> you could? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, you, look, you, look, you look good to me. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, the new desk helps, and I appreciate you coming in here and while everything's chaos. And we're, we are hoping to get new lights and cameras in here, and we will have our 200th episode next. So we're well, moving along. If you want me to take you to some bad studios, I think this one is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, you also say that you want to ensure that the citizens' money is spent on the priorities that the citizens want. How do you ensure that happening? Like that, that's a big budget issue, right? Like, 
It might. Well, but can, may I go back to the stormwater runoff and the million dollar sure. deal? Okay. So that's a real number. It's on the budget. Uh, that's something that's easily measurable. So that's an example of money not spent on the priority that was listed. Where are the capital projects with this? And you go back and look at all the detail and and 30 different people charging into it. Okay, why did you do that? You'll find, if that's a, a true statement, it's a slush fund for people charging. So, yeah. And you, you measure it like anything in business. You have a goal, uh, affordable housing. We need to know how many houses, who's going into it, when it's going to be done. Uh, it's on the paper, so we are going. Dick, you promised to have a hundred affordable housing units done in twelve months. Twelve months is up. Where are they? Well, um, or or it's done. I said, yeah, it's done. Here they are. Let's go take a look at them, and you you, you measure it and monitor it. Where where do you see them building out them or or you or we or however you want to phrase it? Um, the next affordable housing projects. Uh, well, I have some ideas. Shoot. Okay. No. Um, uh, I haven't talked to anybody about this. You are the first. All right. Uh, let her rip. So um, let, should we talk? Of, let's touch on Suzuki. Um, and That's uh, the toothpick forest near the schools. Yeah, that's it. The one they had this idea about doing all this, the neighbors pushed back, and it, 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 it didn't happen. Uh, and I think part of the reason, again, I wasn't involved with it at the time, but I've uh, tried to find out something about it since. And um, it probably wasn't packaged right. It probably wasn't marketed right. There's probably too many units for it. it, it, it Way too many units, I thought. <laughs> you don't have an opinion, do you? Um, no, I'm the bystander. I'm fly on the wall. I'm neutral. It's your story. Tell it how you like. <laughs> no, but th- this would be a good example. Okay, so there's a hunk of property there. I think some of it's unbillable. Some of it's forest. The park wants it to build yet another park, which is another subject. And um, so I would do is I would take a fresh look at that and put together a small group of people who knew what they were doing and say, okay, what uh, what can we do here? What are the alternatives? Um, if it's a reasonable location for housing, what do we do? And my first stab at it would be, not that this is what I'm promoting that we do, my first stab at it would be you define that, lay out the property, save some for a park, save some for trees, you know, whatever, and have it so the density would pass muster with the neighbors you know, across the street. Um, and then... Uh, Put in some infrastructure. I'm talking about streets, lights, water, electricity, and then get some really attractive, I don't know if you've ever looked at this, uh, um, manufactured homes. There are some beautiful manufactured homes that you can get built in a very short period of time that I would live in uh, and uh, get those uh, set up and people know about it. They could uh, choose a house. You could have big ones, little ones, uh, single family, uh, uh, Individuals, you could have a mixture of things in a really cool neighborhood that people could buy into and get it done. So the city already owns the property, so you give it away. The city puts in the infrastructure. They they got money to waste on other things. I think they could probably afford to do that. And in a very short order, you could have a really interesting, affordable property uh, on Suzuki. That's one idea. Um, do you want a second idea? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've got several, but I'll stop after this one. No, well, no, give me, give me a couple. You right. know, I don't, I'm not going to like all of them, but you know, some of them I may. We haven't yelled at me yet. I won't. And uh, you know, maybe your idea spurs somebody else's idea that's listening to it, and it, we come out all smelling rosy. Exactly. Okay. So um, you know where the high school is by St. Cecilia's Church and the, you know, across the street and all that sort of business. And you know the Sakai property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right next to Sakai property. Shout out to Pia the Peacekeeper, our new troll. Oh, yeah. Well, the parks are getting ready to do something there. I haven't really paid much attention to it. But the other day, because I was noodling on this concept, I went down there and decided to take a look at the property. Well, close to 305, it's actually pretty steep. I don't think it's buildable. There's a big ravine there. Mm-hmm. A pond with turtles and stuff? I, well, I didn't see any turtles. The, the, it was, the, the, they are. There's a skull and crossbones. Do not enter. You'll be shot. So I didn't, I didn't go in there. There's other ways. But, the, <laughs> but here, here's, what I, here's what I would 
throw up the flagpole. And you, if you start rolling your eyeballs, I'll know you think it's a terrible idea. I think that's a much better site for something like affordable housing than it is another park. I'm not sure how many more parks we need on the island. I know the parks people. I know Terry Landy. I know how they operate. I know those people. Do you think the Parks Department would sell it to the city? No, but I think I know how to convince them to do it. That's an interesting conversation. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Well, do you know that down in, uh, you know, by the waterfront in Winslow, that park is owned and managed by the city? Mm -hmm. Waterfront Park. Yeah, Waterfront Park. Why would we be managing duplicity of effort, a, a park, and we've got a parks department that's capable of doing all that. And the parks has wanted that and offered to take it, and it's been on the t- table multiple times. It's never happened. Okay, so here's the deal. Parks. We're going to give you the city park. You can manage it. And all of a sudden, by the way, we've got more FTEs available to do other stuff because we don't need to do that. FTEs? Oh, full-time employees, Sorry. <laughs> Or, Haven't heard that one. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> where's Morawaki when we need him? <laughs> I'm stressing you out, aren't I? <laughs> oh, not that much. I kind of like this, actually. The, um, uh, 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 I think it would be not easy or not hard to convince uh, the Parks Board that it would be a much better property. They get something that they want. City Park. And so we're, we're swapping parks. We're swapping parks. And they get something they want. They've wanted this thing forever. And I don't know why the city still holds on to it, but they do. And I don't think the city knows why they hold on to it either, but that's a different thing. So in there, um, again, the idea, similar to what I'm thinking about for um, uh, uh, Suzuki, uh, you put in the infrastructure, streets, lights, electricity, um, and if you want to do it quickly, you do it with. And again, I got to emphasize: if you've never, have you ever looked at some of the really cool manufactured homes available today? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. You do that sort of thing. Tiny uh, houses, the whole shebang. The it, some metal be containers. Tiny. Yeah, so close to the schools. You talk about you know the the a year about teachers. I don't know if that's a, a really a true early teacher versus teacher teacher market or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but just. Being in a place where there's access to the library, the schools, the aquatic center, the 305 transit, you know, all that. Safe, really good. All that. The whole thing. It's all right there. Um, So um, that's what I do. But I'm not done. Shoot. Yeah. All right. We got time. This is an unlimited show. Oh, my God. So um, so those are those are two. Um, I went and looked at all the property that the uh, the city owns, and they've got these parcels all over the place. I don't know if people die and they give them to them or what, but there's there's interesting parcels here and there, not just like Suzuki and not just like uh, Sakai, uh, but there's properties all over the place. We take a look at those and see which ones, if this business model I'm talking about makes sense. And again, if we want to get affordable housing, if it was defined, and in terms of a general concept, I'm for it. We could get this going. We could, we could get something done soon. I'm talking about a year kind of time frame. How long does it take to put in road and infrastructure and all that sort of thing? Not long. How long does it take to order a manufactured home? Six months, something like that? Not long. We could do this. Um, the fourth idea is, and this is out, out of the box, but... Um, uh, there are a lot of older people on the island who have parcels, and they're not listed. You have to look at what they are. And I actually, I have looked, and it's pre- I've got the whole database of the island. I'm a database guy, too. Uh, so, like, over an acre, or over two acres, over five acres, whatever it is. And um, you send a letter out to these guys, maybe from the city council. Uh, don't know how. I said, if you were thinking, sort of like a um, Bainbridge Community Foundation philanthropy, if you're thinking about what to do with your property and don't know, would you consider giving it to the city under these conditions where it would be, uh, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Isn't that... Something? That's direct competition for the land trust, though. No. Well, there's land trust and there's affordable housing. <laughs> there's two things yeah. going on. So and they're both vying for property. Well... It's just an idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, all I'm trying to do is demonstrate that uh, 
I've thought about this. I think I see the need as long as it's defined and what's going on and what to do and how you do it. Um, and even the police station property, the existing one, the old police station, we'll call it, could fall into that category. What I don't like so much is, and I've been to these meetings where there's one or two people in affordable housing. Well, they make money out of building stuff. There's design fees, there's architectural fees, there's building fees, and all that sort of thing. You could eliminate all that by it, it, it doesn't take brain surgery to put in roads and that sort of structure, infrastructure. And if you buy a, a modular home that's all done, you know exactly what you're getting, you know exactly how much it's going to cost, and you eliminate all the other mm-hmm. stuff. So it's cheaper. And the people who are doing this, supposedly for philanthropy, although they are making money doing it, you'd save them. You cut out the middleman, one way of looking at it. Yeah, that. That just rang a bell with me. I've been at Uh-oh. city council meetings where I feel like I'm the only non-architect attending, and I never put two and two together why there were so many architects around there. But, yeah. Well, let me think about this. Makes sense now. Let me yeah. think about this, right? Why do we have ants or sugar well, somewhere? Right? Uh, uh. All right, Dick. Well, I appreciate you taking some time and uh, telling me about you and getting the word out there to Podcastville and the rest of beautiful Bainbridge Island about your run for council. People can learn more about Dick at his website, Haugen for Council. I will have that in the show notes and a link. I'm sure he would like to answer any questions you may have or listen to any ideas you have. Dick, I wish you all the best when it comes to the vote in November. Great, and I thank you for taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. You've been listening to The Bystander. Be kind. <laughs>